Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Today is a day where I am sorely, sorely embarrassed at what's going on in my hometown, the town I was raised in which has now become unbelievably unrecognizable to me. And that's New York City. The incredibly destructive scene that's playing out in that courthouse should make everybody, whether or not you have any affection or any remembrance of New York is a place where you lived or grew up or went to school or any such thing. You should be mortified right now and you should understand that the world is watching and they've got to be, just the headlines from this weekend alone and this morning, Monday, make me so sad and so discouraged, but I can't give up. We can't forget that this country was a long shot from its inception. But there were people, there were men, and they were primarily men. You know, I know identity politics uh, prohibits me from saying that, but the founding fathers were predominantly men. And they believed that they could overcome the mighty powerful British Navy and, and their, and all of the resources that Great Britain had at the time And they were doing it in pursuit of religious freedom and a number of other freedoms that you and I grew up taking for granted. I don't take them for granted anymore because I see them being whittled away and wheedled away and I'm just disgusted by it. You know, to have a judge who's sitting in a courtroom right now and looks at, uh, you know, the, the former president of the United States and literally smirks, sneers, and he's completely wrong. Everything that they're doing right now has no real basis on fact or precedent, but they don't care. They don't care what you think. They don't care what the United States of America stands for. They don't care how we look. In the eyes of other nations, they just don't care. It's all designed to make you give up. But we're not like that. You know, I'm not cut of that cloth. I may get distressed like I am today, but I'm not giving up. And I know I heard Dan Bongino saying, like, move out, get out of New York. I agree. Any of my friends who are still left in New York, they're sick liberals. I'm sorry, even my family that's left in New York just have that that liberal disease. 
and there's nothing I could do for them. I got people with liberal disease in California as well. I can't do anything for them. At this point, they're so invested in their insanity that they wouldn't know a clear thought if they had one. It would be unrecognizable and they'd chalk it off. But I can't believe that you could have a judge who has zero experience in real estate or development make some sort of arbitrary analysis of the Trump empire. Like last time I checked, Donald Trump and his family have built a massive empire. You can hate him or you can love him, but you have to admit that there are far fewer people of his success in America as the years go by. You know, the days of, of the Donald Trumps and the Jeff Bezos and the Bill Gates and the Steve Jobs are in the past. The new style of multimillionaire billionaires don't stick around and don't develop businesses for very long. They just sell them and take their money and go, and which, by the way, I have no objection to, take their money and go off into the, uh, into the sweet by and by. You know, they start attending uh, uh, the Burning Man. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think it's the Burning Man. They, they, they just don't care. They're not trying to build. They're trying to cash out. But guys like Donald Trump built... And, uh, and some of those tech oligarchs, they actually built something. And they didn't just do it for the payoff. They did it because they had a belief that this was an, a noble venture that would make them very rich. But noble, nonetheless. You don't have to think they're, uh, look, I think Jeff Bezos is a creep. But I don't doubt that when he decided to put everything on the line and create an online marketplace, and everybody, including me, thought he was out of his mind. He held on to that dream, and he perfected that dream. And whether or not this antitrust business ends up forcing some of the companies to split off from Amazon, Alphabet, whatever, okay. But still, I believe that his motives were that he saw a future that few people could see. So did Donald Trump. I left New York because the dream was falling apart. But Donald Trump didn't leave New York. He resurrected a lot of the dreams. This was a man who rebuilt a, a skating rink, and I know that sounds like a minor issue for people, but this was a skating rink that meant a lot to New Yorkers, the Wallman skating rink. And boy, oh boy, did we have uh, mayors and city councils that just couldn't get it together, kept throwing bad money after bad money, trying to resurrect that skating rink. He came in and did it in record time. He's a take charge, get things done person, and they hate him. All of the people who do nothing but talk hate the successful people. And so when this judge sits there on the bench smirking and sneering, at Donald Trump, all I keep thinking is, what have you ever done? What have you ever built? You don't even seem to understand the law. You can't even call yourself a great jurist because how dare you say that Mar-a-Lago is worth so much less than any realtor worth his salt would say it's worth. These people are deranged. 
and they're just, I don't know what it is uh, other than what I just suggested, that they just really are, are so inadequate themselves that they hate the success story that Donald Trump represents. You know, in the old days, Andy Hardy and success stories were the stuff of dreams. We didn't hate those people. We emulated them. Now we have to hate them because they don't agree with us politically. Unbelievable. Watching this go on in my hometown makes me sick to my stomach. It's embarrassing. It really is. I think Michael Goodwin said something uh, earlier on Brian's show, and then I read an article that he had written that, that there's no doubt that we have an open border right now because of President Biden and that all this crisis that he, Mayor Adams just woke up to and other governors and mayors are waking up to, whether it's Kathy Hochul and, and um, um, Adam, whatever, Adams, Eric Adams in New York or other Chicago mayors and L.A. mayors and all the rest of them, you know, they've woken up to this. But they had a good chance to have at least considered a, a, a cure for our immigration woes, and they didn't. They wouldn't listen to the governors, the Republican governors, like Greg Abbott, like Ron DeSantis. No, no, they, the partisanship was way more important. And that's what you're seeing right now in that courtroom. Not, not a policy shift. You're seeing a party in the Democrat Party that would rather destroy a man than defend the right to be successful in this country. And, and more importantly, the right to have different opinions. You know, now, now it's, oh, it's going to destroy New York City. Well, you didn't care when it was destroying El Paso, and you didn't care when it destroyed Southern California, and you didn't care when it was destroying New Mexico and Arizona and Texas. Not, none of that bothered you. But all of a sudden, no, oh, I can't, can't touch New York, right? I thought he was going to be the new face of the Democrat Party, Mayor Adams. Same old face. I almost said something that I would have been sanctioned for. Same old buttocks. Now, it's not just that New York, my home state where I was raised, it's not just that it's a blue state. It's like the stupidest state next to California. So embarrassing. Just makes you want to, you know, call for a recount. Anybody who'd want to take back their vote for Mayor Eric Adams or, or I guess, Cassie Hoschel? Unbelievable. And now to watch what's going on in that courtroom, it's sickening. It's just sickening. Meanwhile, coyotes and cartels are reaping millions of dollars, creating misery and death, right? And, and Donald Trump, who created jobs and created millions of dollars building up New York City, he's on trial. Remember when, when Vice President Kamala Harris was supposed to go over and work with the Central American governments and find the root causes for this mass migration? What is, how's that going? How's that working out? I'm, I'm just, I'm so tired of inaction. I think that's what Dan was, was ranting about, just inaction. And I don't need a Matt Gates standing up and, and pointing out the inaction in the manner that he's doing it. 
not that I don't think he should. But that's all the press is going to uh, focus on. Ooh, there's trouble in the Republican Party and the, the speaker's in trouble and, and they have all these rogue renegades. You know, never mind the rogue renegades on the Democrat side who literally pull alarms and then say, oh no, I didn't, I was just trying to exit. How stupid do you have to be to mistake a fire alarm for a door? Uh, that's how stupid Jamal Bowman is. And I haven't even begun to talk about the other stupid estate in the union, California, and how it, I watched all weekend long online on all these various sites, oh, uh, Governor Newsom should pick uh, Oprah Winfrey to be the senator. G Governor Newsom should pick Meghan Markle to be the Meghan Markle, mind you, okay? I, I, I'm still trying to figure out, has that woman had any success other than to destroy the royal family? Which I guess could be considered successful if you hate them. And, and a couple of seasons of suits, really? So she should be the senator? People were saying that. You gotta be stupider than a brick to think that. Oprah, at least you can make a case for. But even that, it's the cult of personality. But don't worry, because instead, we got LaFonza Butler. Let me take a break, because I have a lot to say about LaFonza Butler, okay? So just stay where you are. You don't wanna miss this. Download the app, the 850 WFTL app, now, my podcast was not completed today, so it's not going to be up and running uh, today by any, unless there's some sort of miracle, but I, I'm really not planning on that miracle happening. So just be patient. It'll be out tomorrow. Um, but if you had that app, you would know that because you would be getting alerts and not have gotten an alert today. Anyway, or visit the website, 850WFTL.com. Stay right where you are. I'm going to tell you who LaFonza Butler is and why she is now a senator in the Congress of the United States of America because it is based on something that has no relevance to serving in Congress. I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. I mean, if you were anything like me, you would have sort of anticipated or predicted what direction the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, was going when he was going to appoint a person to fill Dianne Feinstein's Senate seat because she just, uh, she just passed on Thursday. Now, when the name came up as one of the most uh, watched contenders over the weekend, I dismissed it because first and foremost, my exposure to LaFonza Butler was primarily when she was an advisor to the now Vice President Kamala Harris in her presidential campaign, which, by the way, she failed miserably at, if anybody cares to remember, 
she uh, didn't get very far, even though she had tons of money. So I remembered LaFonza Butler coming up during that period of time, and I get emails from all kinds of organizations, some of which I put myself on the list so I know what they're up to, and some of which just keep you on the list because you have a political presence online. So I get emails from LaFonza Butler's organizations all the time, and the last year and a half, I've been flooded with Emily's List emails. Emily's List is an organization that supports and promotes liberal Democrat candidates who are pro-abortion. And, and there's, that's, that's the criteria. You have to be for abortion. And I'm talking about unlimited abortion. You have to be a pro-baby uh, slaughter person to get on the Emily's List. And she is at the helm of the Emily's List, okay? So now, what do you think Gavin Newsom was looking for? I mean, say what you will about Diane Feinstein, and she certainly... Um, it's sad that her career ended the way it ended because she was a vital force, took uh, the, the mayor's race in, or became the mayor of San Francisco after Harvey Milken was killed. She was a big advocate and a promoter of all kinds of human rights. I don't agree with, I didn't agree with her politically at all, but I don't think anybody worked any less. You know, her idea on gun control, horrendous. Her ideas on abortion, horrendous in my book, but she was serious as a heart attack. She did her homework and she presented her case and she got lots of legislation. She sponsored and co-sponsored lots of legislation whenever the Democrats were in control. So she had an illustrious career until she got too old to work. And then they, instead of uh, encouraging her to retire five years ago, they like let her run again and, and she just fell apart. The shingles just really was uh, the, the end of her career. But she was still posing for pictures last Wednesday, I'll have you know, and then passed on Thursday. So she was a world, she was a, a power force, right? So now, the first thing that we became very clear to us was that Gavin Newsom was going to replace Diane Feinstein with a woman. You know, because they keep charts, these Democrats. You know, uh, uh, we can't uh, take that seat and give it to a man, okay. Now, what other criteria should we have in selecting that woman? Well, race is a criteria that the Democrats use all the time. So, yes, we want it to be a black woman, okay? Because we had a black woman in, in that seat, or at least she was um, half black in uh, Kamala Harris, right? So what other black women have we had as senators in the United States? Well, we had one of my favorites, Shirley Chisholm who, by the way, was the most ardent opponent for illegal immigration ever, ever. Probably said more things that I agree with than any Republican ever said, okay? And she was uh, not a Republican. But Shirley Chisholm was there. Carol Mosley Brown, somebody who I despise, but she served in the Senate. Uh, Kamala Harris. And so, oh my gosh, we must make sure that whoever the senator is that uh, Gavin Newsom's going to be appointing must be a black woman. Okay, well, what can we do to make it even more placating or catering to the lowest common denominator in politics? Well, can we find a black, openly gay person 
and select them. Why, yes, we can, Governor Newsom. Here we have LaFonza Butler. And if you would have heard or you would have read online what I was reading this weekend, the only thing that anybody knew about her was that she was married to a woman and they have a child and she's the he- at the helm of Emily's List. And she's African-American. Now, if I tell you that all three of those things mean zero to me when it comes to selecting someone who's going to be one of a hundred people who are going to be appointed, who are going to be uh, charged with uh, confirmation hearings, passing budgets, really, really important stuff. Their sexual preference means nothing. Their race means nothing. And certainly their position on abortion, to me, when it's not the, you know, the, the position that's currently the law of the land, means even less to me. But that's what we got. And this is how we now are going to operate the United States of America. Identity politics. And identity politics is a recipe for disaster. When you stop selecting people for merit, We've already done this at the university levels, and I don't have to tell you what a mess they are. When you stop electing people who are totally qualified beyond the question to these higher offices, you are just signing your own suicide note. And that's what we're doing in this country. Identity politics is the death knell. Forget woke. Don't even use those terms anymore because the left loves to go, oh, they're just going to talk about woke. No, I'm not going to talk about woke. I'm going to talk about the fact that the Democrat Party won't give it a rest. You've got to be gay. You've got to be black. You've got to be a woman. What? Why? Why? Is there something inherently better about that? Of course not. Oh, we're striving for diversity and equal representation. Let me tell you, there are congresspersons who have been champions of civil rights and of uh, you know gay rights and all the rest of it who don't happen to fall into those categories. They just believe that they should endorse policies that they think reflect this country. I don't need them to be any... It was like when the Supreme Court justice was about to be uh, confirmed, and people said to me, well, you must be really happy that Sonia Sotomayor is going to be a New Yorkian, um, just like you. She's going to be appointed to the highest court of the land. And all I kept hearing was like, she will bring a, a Hispanic woman's perspective to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is not there to bring perspectives of any given race or any given uh, ethnicity. The Supreme Court there has one job, interpret the law according to the uh, dictate of the United States Constitution, period. At, at no point did the founding fathers say, oh, and by the way, you better make sure you have a Hispanic female at some point so she can represent the viewpoints of Hispanic females. By the way, Sotomayor does not reflect my viewpoint at all. The fact that she's a Hispanic female doesn't turn me on. I get better representation from Samuel Alito, from Clarence Thomas. Oh, well, but Clarence Thomas, he's the wrong kind of black. This is so grotesque, watching this play out and feeling as though 
the brakes have gone out on my vehicle and I'm going down this very steep hill and I could see that at the bottom of this hill, there's this giant brick wall and I keep tapping the brakes. Now I'm slamming on the brakes and the car will not stop. And so I know that ultimately I'm going to have a head-on collision with a stone wall and most likely perish. That's what this feels like. That's what's watching what's going on in a New York courtroom with Donald Trump today, watching what's going on in California with the selection of a woman who basically her, uh, you know, her claim to fame is that she's gay and black and a woman. How'd that work out with, uh, you know, uh, the, the mayor of Chicago? Hmm. How's it working out with the press secretary? Did that factor into their performance at all? No, no. You're either good at your job or you're not good at your job. Your color really will not dictate whether or not you're good at your job. How about that? But we're now assigning it way more importance. And, and we're not allowed to talk about color blindness. When I do finally drop my podcast, I'm going to talk about that. All of a sudden, we're not allowed to say, well, I'm colorblind. You know, I get insulted when I say, well, color doesn't really matter to me. I'm colorblind. Oh, that's a terrible thing. You don't understand what you're saying. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I evaluate people not on the basis of their skin color, not on the basis of their gender or the what gender they uh, choose to marry or, or sleep with. That never occurs to me. I generally look for character. Like, what do they believe? How willing are they to sacrifice everything for the good or the common good? But of course, I'm just old-fashioned, right? They're getting rid of people like me and you. And they're doing a fine job of it. We're speeding towards our own end and, and, and going down with like applause. That's the most important feature to them is that they're getting applause. You know, Gavin Newsom's got all the applause today. Oh, what a great pick, what a great pick. Not that anyone knows anything about whether or not she's a constitutional scholar. Nobody even asked. She's gonna sit in the Senate. She's gonna have to confirm Supreme Court justices or make their lives miserable like they did for the last three nominees. Anyway, let me take a break. I'm running late. Stay right where you are. So it's just like bobsledding towards Gamora. Uh, you know, this is just insane. You know, the Michigan Supreme Court just voted it's going to require that judges and bailiffs and all the court personnel address transgender identifying litigants or transgender identifying attorneys with their preferred pronouns, including they, if they are requested to do so by the person. It goes into effect the first day of January next year. It'll allow judges to actually avoid pronouns and refer to someone by their role in the case, like this is the plaintiff or this is the attorney, followed by a last name. Because an individual's gender identity may not be readily discernible visually. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but I don't have any problem discerning someone's gender for the most part. I mean, I do know some people like uh, that old Saturday Night Live skit where they had, and you're never quite sure, was Pat a guy or was Pat a girl? 
Now, there are very few people that actually fall into that PAT category. So generally, I can identify someone's gender simply by looking at them, which includes transgendered individuals, because all the transgendered individuals that I get to see, and there's not a whole lot of them, because of course, there just aren't a whole lot of them, but they look like the gender they're trying to be. If they're men who have transitioned to women, they have long hair and boobs and they wear makeup, you know, so I can see what gender they think they are and that's okay. I'll call them by that gender. Doesn't make me know, never mind. But this nonsense of telling a judge who's got in front of him a docket which has a name on it and the name of the individual is John J. Smith, why would that judge hesitate to call John J. Smith a male defendant because the law now requires him to call whatever, they. This is the bobsled towards Gomorrah. Now we got homeless pirates in San Francisco Bay. You're, you're sitting there scratching your head thinking like, she must be making that up. No, no, no. They're marauding onto houseboats in the San Francisco Bay this is one of the latest criminal enterprises plaguing California. So if you live uh, along the Oakland-Alameda estuary, there are now boats that are under attack. People who live on their boats, and people live on their boats. I mean, this is not news. People live on floating homes, like my friend Fane Lozman. But these people are now th thieves whose probably live in homeless encampments that are all over the city. Now they're stealing these dinghies, the small motor-powered dinghies, and then they go and they do smash and grab raids on houseboats. Uh, so you're not even safe out at sea in San Francisco. The Pirates. They have pirates in San Francisco Bay. Don't, don't even, don't, don't make me go there. But you know what I'm thinking. The whole open shoreline of the estuary is littered with sunken wrecks and end-of-life vessels, and crime has now risen to truly intolerable levels. That's from the harbor master for the area. One woman recounted a time she rescued a man on a sailboat in the middle of the night after he said pirates cut his line during an argument. If there had been any wind at the time, I wouldn't have been able to go out there and rescue this young man who had no motor and no ability to sail that boat. So now there's crime on the water. That's right. Multiple vessels stolen, ransacked. Victims have to resort to personally confronting the criminals to recover their property without the benefit of police support. Okay, Is that appropriate activity for a 79-year-old senior citizen? But this is what happens when you keep accepting the unacceptable, it just gets worse and worse and worse. You look at these photographs of how these bandits, they take these uh, smaller boats and then they use them to commit their crimes and then they just dump them, okay? But first they make sure they put a lot of graffiti on them. I, I, I just, what are we doing? Now we're handing over $35,000 boats to thieves and doing nothing about it? Now the, the homeless population dictates even if you can live on the water. Alameda is actually considered a suburb of Oakland. It's an island with a population about 
I don't know, they got less than 100,000 people there, according to the U.S. Census. It's under 80,000, all right? And data from the Alameda Police Department showed that in August, burglary is up 18.5% compared to last year, and theft over $400 is up 10%. So crime is soaring. The cities of Oakland and San Francisco, you don't even want to. You don't even want to look at those numbers because, of course, they tell you that I'm uh, uh, inflating the numbers like they say Donald Trump inflated the properties. Let me ask you a question. Has anybody in my listening audience ever gone for a loan and when asked what the value of your property was, did you not give the highest value that you possibly believed could be gotten or that you found online somewhere because everybody else does that? This is insane. We have just gone beyond the Rubicon. I mean, now police are advising residents, you better reinforce your doors with braces or security bars if you're going to live in in, uh, Oakland, San Francisco. You have close to 40,000 homeless people, more robberies, more motor vehicle thefts reported by the police department than just last year at the same time. But it's okay, right? Because these are the compassionate people in San Francisco. You know, these are the people who now are going to have LaFonza Butler as their senator. Yeah. My, both of my children can now, uh, they, if they have a concern and they need to speak to their senator, they got Alex Padilla and they have LaFonza Butler. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, at least, at least as mad as I get it, Marco Rubio, at least I can say I can go to Rick Scott or Marco Rubio and expect that I'll have a, a, a competent businessman or a competent attorney looking at my stuff. This LaFonza Butler's career was as a, a union person, the SEIU United Long-Term Care Workers in Los Angeles, and then strategic advisor for Kamala Harris. Yeah, a big advocate for equal pay and equal rights and all that other jazz. Oh boy, what a, what a, wow. You know, wow. All I can say is wow. And and it's, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. It really is. That's why when people say to me, oh my gosh, I had this conversation just last night. Are you really still kind of, you know, in the, in the Trump camp? It, it, really, do you think it's gonna, he has a chance? chance or not, he's the only hope I have. You know, if he doesn't get elected, it's just a matter of time until everything you hold precious just goes down the drain. You can watch it go down the drain and you'll have nobody to blame but yourself and the fact that you took your eyes off what they were doing and put your eyes on whatever they wanted you to be looking at. Now it's, uh, you know, who, Deion Sanders and, and, and uh, or else you're looking at uh, the Taylor Swift as they begin. Uh, Jason Whitlock had a brilliant article. He talked about the feminization or, or the matriarchal tendencies now of football. We can't have men nowhere, not even in football. Now everything's going to be dictated by the Swifties. I didn't even know what a Swiftie was. I do now. All right, don't forget, coming up after me is Eric Erickson, and then uh, 
Joe Pags and Lars Larson, all that good stuff. And tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock, Jen and Bill will be back here with the South Florida Morning Show, followed by Brian Kilmeade, and of course followed by a man who's been on fire, Dan Bongino. And at 3 o'clock, I'll be back. But I have one segment left today, so don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. So what I'm concerned about is not whether or not the Trump empire inflated the value of their properties. What I'm concerned about is pirates in San Francisco Bay, cities and towns across this whole country that have become uh, crime-infested, lawless places where basically decent people can't survive. Only the, the wicked and the strong can survive in those places. This is a degeneration, the likes of which I've never seen. And they always say that we're the ones, you know, oh, conservatives, they want it to be like the wild, wild west. What is a Ron DeSantis thinking? Open carry, oh my God, they're just gonna be like gun smoke on the streets of uh, Florida. No, 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 now it's the wild, wild west, but only the mean, tough people get to protect, you know, get to carry guns and they're controlling territories that innocent, nice people don't get to live in anymore. They, they've turned major cities into no man's lands. And, and it doesn't matter what color you are, if you live in those communities, your life is being threatened every day. There are places in this country right now where people don't go out after dark. That They can't let their children walk to the corner. It's, it's unbelievable. At least in the Old West, everybody had a gun. And they had lawmen who would uh, just, you know, get, get the bad guys, okay? I want elected representatives, I want a president who wants to get the bad guys, not to go after his political opponents. Trump better be very careful about this. I don't want anybody in office who's going to use the Department of Justice and all of these uh, law enforcement agencies to go after their opponents. I want them to go after criminals. I want them to clean out these cities where criminals are just wreaking havoc on everyday citizens. I want them to round up illegal aliens and deport them to the countries from whence they came. And if they wanna come back, they have to do it in, in the same manner that immigrants have entered this country since the beginning of immigration in this country. This, now we got criminals who, who literally, they get on their cell phones and say, okay, everybody converge like they just did in Philadelphia, looting all these stores, even a supermarket. I, I was looking at the videos this weekend. You know, it's one thing to go after like Lululemon because they think, oh, there's the rich people that can afford these kind of workout clothes or the Foot Locker, the sneakers cost so much or the Apple store. But no, no, they went after an Aldi supermarket where people buy groceries and they left that whole area decimated. And they, they, they did arrest 50 people, but guess what? Including that crying, whatever her name is, meatball. But don't worry, because they all got let out immediately, and they'll have another smash and grab party, eh, maybe in a week or two. This is going on in small towns, big cities, and anywhere where Democrats are leading, this is going on. And the rest of us, we're being asked to just watch. Just watch. Yeah. It's so sad. It really is. But I, I'm just getting full of P and V, as they say, and I'm ready to fight back. I got my registration card, came in the mail. 
Yes, I registered as a Republican because I have a person I want to vote for in the primary. Okay, it grieves me to look at that R on my card, but I got to do what I got to do. So I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at three o'clock if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. May God bless you and may God bless the United States of America. And please, Lord, save us from ourselves. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.